This is Golf Talk Canada, Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by TaylorMade and the all-new Stealth Driver with a red carbon face for better energy transfer and more ball speed. Welcome to the Carbon Age. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. Well, welcome to Golf Talk Canada. The gang is all here, and we're in person. And, gents, i got to tell you, a bit of an upgrade on the studio today. Because normally, well, we can be in studio on Golf Talk Canada normally at, uh, at, our, at our studios at TSN, which is nice. You know I love doing the show in person when we all sit around the table. But quite often, we're doing the old uh, Zoom call. We're staring at each other through the, the Zoom screen. But today, basking in sunshine and warmth at Weston Golf Club, Bob Week's home course. I know that's, a, that's a, by the way, that is the front of the marketing package for Weston Golf Club. I believe it's Bob and his dad hoisting a, some type of father and son trophy of some kind or, or whatnot. Bob, is that true? Or are you... Uh, uh, use the are. microphone. <laughs> yes, sorry. Show, I'm not used to it being sitting outside here at the table. Usually when I'm at this table, I have a beer, <laughs> so not a microphone. So it's um, no, it's good. It's uh, it's nice to have everybody here. It's kind of cool to see the uh, the course in uh, beautiful shape. We got lots of colorful signage going up, and all the uh, top AMs around here. It's a it's a cool. Uh, Cool day for Weston. Well, I should uh, let everybody know why we're here. We're, we're here because we are here for Team Canada Media Day. So Golf Canada is here, and we are uh, meeting some of the great young players that are now going to be part of the, of the future of this country in golf, some great college players, both boys and girls. And, uh, and we're going to get a chance to, to meet some and maybe uh, hit some shots with some of them today. So it's, it's going to be a wonderful day. You couldn't, couldn't have picked a better day for it. Uh, we got a crazy show, busy show. Salima Musani, who is the head women's golf coach for Team Canada, well, she's going to pop by an hour or two. So we're going to catch up with her and find out a little bit about the program and, and what it's like to, to lead a team of elite female athletes in this country. Uh, Lori Kane's here with us on site this week, so Lori's going to pop by in an hour or two. Uh, the Fortnite Cup uh, kicks off this week. The chase for the Fortnite Cup is PGA Tour Canada is back, Bob, all of a sudden. Back and ready to go. First tournament on, the, on board, and this is, of course, just like a lot of the Canadian golfing events. This is uh, you know, sort of back to normal for the first time in three yeah, years. Yeah, finally back, and uh, Adam, you had a special... Uh, chance to speak with Mark from uh, Mark Astoria, I believe, from uh, Mark, Mark Astorius, yeah. So, yeah, from uh, Fortnet, uh, Vice President, and uh, we're going to run that interview a little later in the show about uh, about the chase now for this cup that begins today. So lots to get to. Uh, world number one collapsing on the weekend. Uh, I mean, uh, no shortage of content. Winners, weird and what. And, and a big announcement regarding Golf Talk Canada for next week as our National Open. Talk about Canadian golf returning. Our National Open returns for the first time in three years. We'll do it all over the next two hours. But let's kick it off with some news and headlines. News and headlines are brought to you by Sandbagger Hard Seltzer. Sandbagger. Everybody knows one. All right, Bob, uh, did you get to see, uh, uh, Z- well, I was going to say uh, Xander Shoffley. I meant to say uh, Harold Varner III. Uh, it tied for the lead yesterday. Scotty Scheffler, world number one, had the lead to start the day. It was basically who's going to go backwards uh, the quickest. 
Seven seems to be the number because Justin Thomas was seven back at the PGA. He wins and gets it done. And then yesterday, Sam Burns, seven back to start today. He shoots 65 and wins his third tournament of the year. Quietly, all of a sudden, Sam Burns having, with the exception of Scotty Scheffler, Sam Burns would have a dominant season going right now. Yeah, exactly. Only the second guy to get past the two-win mark, adding his third victory. And how about that putt in the playoff hole? I mean, that was insane. 38 feet to uh, to knock him out and uh, coming from behind. But you said, as you said, that backpedaling you heard all it was like the cartoon sound you know when people where there's a safe falling and the guy's running but he's not going anywhere and yeah, yeah, the yeah. sound of the feet going that was kind of <laughs> what i imagined when i saw it was harold varner i think he was putting for par on the 12th hole at 10 under and then ended up at even par i mean it's just it was it was such a strange finish um for a whole bunch of guys that you just never expect to see that way Bird comes home in 45, uh, starting with a four putt from 19 feet. I think, Adam, that's when you kind of tuned in. You, you and I were texting because I was, I was doing uh, radio from home this week for PGA Tour Radio is the home rover. And I, and I was watching it and I text you. I said, are, are you watching this? This is horrific. I mean, this has got to be some of the worst golf I've seen from some of the best players in the world in years. In fact, I would, I would suggest to you, it might be the worst Sunday performance I've seen from a world number one this century. I think you got to go back to maybe something Greg Norman did as world number one to find something that bad. Yeah, yeah, I do recall that. I do recall that. Yes. What about? What, were you shocked at how bad the, the I mean, just the overall quality of play was? Totally, and I mean, it was. I mean, the conditions were tough. So, so put it that way. The wind was really blowing. The winds or the uh, the greens. Maybe getting a little crusty, a little bumpy for sure. Uh, Davis Riley, you know, was up there in the lead, made that double bogey, shot himself out of the tournament. So many guys had a chance. Scott Stallings almost won this golf tournament. There are a lot of guys up there with a chance, but it was certainly shocking to see, you know, Scotty Scheffler, what, didn't have a birdie all round, I'm pretty sure. So, uh, and that, that missed putt he had on his 12th or 13th hole as well from three feet in at the hole. It was uh, it was a mind-boggling week, but I, gotta love Colonial. I know you'll, you'll get in this later, Mark, in three dub, but Colonial, what a great golf course! It is a great golf course. We we forgot about one of the more intriguing rounds of the week too. It came earlier with Nick Taylor, mm-hmm. when he I, made five birdies on the front side to go at five under, and then six over on the back for the most unusual round of 71 I think I've ever seen. Yeah, there was a lot of Jekyll and Hyde this week, to your point, Bob. It was like, okay, this this guy's going to go out and put up a 61 or a 62 and, and, and it quickly turns into 70. And you're like, how does that happen? But And we're going to get into this in Winner's Weird and What a little bit in terms of, uh, I guess, the magic of Colonial. A question for you, gents. How young is too young? Puma Golf and Cobra have signed a 12-year-old boy to a multi-year deal, Xavier Perez has won 250 junior golf events, has taken the junior golf world by storm, and is now an official brand ambassador of Cobra, signing a deal at 12, Bob. I know there's some now some loopholes where, or I don't know why I say loophole changes, that allow amateurs to get money, but I would be wondering, he's not turning pro, is he at 12? No, no, <laughs> this is... He is going to be a, a Cobra guy, I guess, you know, through high school, assuming through college. This is going to be a full ride kid to a Division One school, uh, you know, a Stanford, something like that, where uh, they have a big, hefty golf program. And he's going to be a Cobra guy. Adam, 12. Is this not ridiculous? 
that's one good way to put it, Mark. Ridiculous. Twelve years <laughs> old. Like, like that's that's mind-boggling. I mean, you, you think of sponsorships, and you know, you think once you get to twenty, twenty-one sort of thing. But twelve, this is taking it to a whole new level. That's just that's weird. I, now, this is a great segue too, because speaking of weird and maybe too young, Michelle Wee. Because when I think of a, a professional athlete in our game, that. I, I, I want to be careful, I guess, how I say this, but I mean, if Tiger Woods' parents did everything they could to create an environment of success, to create Tiger and what he was the day he turned professional, you know, three world, uh, sorry, three U.S. Uh, juniors in a row, three U.S. amateurs in a row, success at Stanford, learning to become the most dominant player at every level you ever played, so that the day you turned professional and sat across from Curtis Strange in that interview, and Curtis Strange kind of laughed like, oh, you're going to learn a tooth, uh, thing or two out here uh, with, with Tiger's you know, brashness, Bob, about how he was going to take over the world. He was ready to take over the world, and he proved it. I think Michelle Wee's the opposite side of that coin. You know, 14 years old, being asked to compete on the PGA Tour. Uh, no, PGA Tour Canada. PGA Tour Canada. Uh, success became making it to a weekend, not, not, you know, not five, six win seasons. It became, hey, did you make it to Saturday because she was playing above her head too early and winning breeds winning. Michelle, we hasn't played a lot of golf in the last few years, but after the U.S. Women's Open, which is this week uh, in South Carolina, she's she's going to take a, a leave. She's going to walk away from the game. Uh, yeah, and I, you know, she was a little different than in coming up. She was a little bit different than Tiger was in terms of her parents. Her parents were never people who pushed her into the game. They were more, uh, and this is from a very good source that I've heard. They were more enablers, so they did everything for her. So she didn't know, for instance, how to do laundry or how to make her breakfast or. She just went out and hit golf balls, and her and her parents tried to get her into all these different situations where she could either make money or, and they didn't really probably know and get good guidance in terms of, like you said, playing in all these men's tournaments when she could have been playing uh, NCAA and doing all those things. And it was the biggest change in her career, if it's, you can kind of point it, is when she made her first Solheim Cup team, and now her parents were were kind of separated from her. She couldn't rely on them, and she had to fend for herself, and that's when she started to become good player she won the u.s women's open she won the cp women's open uh, now she's a mother so you know it's she's a she's an old golfer for you know not even being that old really at this yeah. point she's played a lot yeah. of golf yeah you wonder and you know what it's an interesting comment there because you know what rory mcelroy is uh 33 off the top of my head he's either 33 or 34 just celebrated his birthday and still young by golf terms but when you talk about scar tissue and starting at such a young age, he's been out there for so long and is such an old soul. And you wonder, with these players now starting at so young and, and winning now in their 20s instead of waiting into their 30s to win, if we're going to see guys pull the plug on their career earlier, the, the days of you know Phil Mickelson's and VJ Sings and whatnot, and you wonder if if they have uh, if they're going to you know go to the way of the past and it's just not exist anymore. And that kind of rolls a little into Live Golf Series. And we are waiting for the announcement of who these 48 players are going to be. It was supposed to come out Friday, Adam. And now we're kind of watching our social media uh, feeds here. Do you think there's going to be any surprises on there? Because if, if, to me, if there's a surprise on there, it might be Ricky Fowler. That, that could be a guy. Certainly, I'm expecting a few surprises. But you're mentioning Friday. I was refreshing Twitter nonstop because <laughs> you know, they're playing golf next Friday. I mean, who's going to play in this thing? We, we all, we're all curious how it's going to be broadcasted, what it's going to look like. I'm more intrigued about the whole thing. Am I going to watch it? No, but I'm, I'm just intrigued about 
A, who it is and what it's going to look like. You wonder if they pushed it as well because some guys who were playing that event could have been playing at the Charles Schwab Challenge on Friday afternoon. Like, would they have been pulled off the golf course? I don't know, right? So it's a strange situation. I'm uh, wondering to see, um, you know, I think there will be a lot of interest out of the gates just out of curiosity, Bob. You know, curiosity of the people will poke, poke in. And then it's the end of it. Then you're watching a group of guys that, with all due respect, have name recognition because of things they did 15 years ago. And, you know, they just can't compete on the, on the big tour anymore. Thus, thus, this opportunity even exists. I think there is one possibility where, you know, the first event, I think they know there's going to be... 10, 12, whatever big names, and the rest will be guys that are fringe players. You may not have even heard of some of them. But when the last place guy walks out with 120,000 and, you know, the guy leaves the Canadian Open with 15,000 for the same finish, um, then maybe there are some guys, other guys who will start to think, well, maybe I'll play the second event or maybe I'll play the third event. And, of course, the PGA Tour has also come out and said that they will announce the punishment for any of these players who are PGA Tour players who go right. immediately. Now, they won't enforce it until the person actually tees up in the event next uh, Thursday. They're going to play Thursday, Friday, Saturday, the only three rounds. They have to put the ball on the ground right. before then, there's a violation. Then they'll get suspended. So that might, on the other hand, that might deter a few people from right. who were thinking or being on the... On the, on, the, on the fence about whether or not to go. And I would assume that the DP World Tour is going to fall in line and, and, and their punishment will mirror. And, and I, I, you got to think that Keith Pelley and Jay Monahan have been on the phone and are gonna, they're going to go hand in hand and arm in arm in this one. And, and they should. They got to stay united on this front. And uh, the messaging has been very clear. And, and I said this last week when you were on, on route home to Adam, I said, the one I'm curious about right now that has been kind of eerily quiet a couple of little things said, but we still don't have a firm position from the USGA on this, right? We don't have a firm position on what happens the week after the RBC Canadian Open when it's a tournament that is recognized by both the PGA Tour and DP World Tour as official uh, events on their schedule operated by another governing body. Really interesting to hear where that goes, Bob. Yeah, I think there's going to be some, uh, there's going to be a lot of stuff that's going to happen very quickly, I think, once those guys get named and once that first tournament is held. And how they play out, um, whether some guys back off at the last minute, whether uh, more guys jump on, uh, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens. And there's a whole courtroom system as well, because we know that these players who are going to play, who have not got releases, will likely um, take their case to the, the court. They're going to have law. to lawyer up. So that will be that will be another part of it, of this whole thing. And I think it's going to get uh, a lot messier before we figure out exactly how it's going to play out. I think you are right. Okay, on the other side, we're going to talk good news. We'll, we'll hear from Sam Burns, who won his third PGA Tour victory of the season this year. Now only one win behind Scotty Scheffler. So we'll take a, a bit of a closer look at the leaderboard at the Charles Schwab Challenge. Uh, big announcement from Golf Talk Canada. I think I, I'm pretty sure, Bob, this has never been done before in the history of terrestrial radio. That a golf show gets to go... Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, five days of Golf Talk Canada to celebrate the return of our national championship, the RBC Canadian Open, next week at St. George's. Uh, TSN Radio is going to be on location for five days uh, for the national championship, and we will be a part of that 10 a.m. to noon Every day, Monday to Friday, Golf Talk Canada got you covered. Of course, TSN, uh, our, our TV program will be on location as well. You'll be there for Sports Center, so a ton of coverage. But 
I don't think it's ever been done, Bob, a terrestrial radio show. I can't think of it. And when you say on location, we are on location. We are on the 16th hole just off to the side, which is the rink hole. Yes. So it's going to be loud. It's going to be exciting. Um, There's a lot more to come from all of TSN's family that's uh, coverage that's going to go on there. But this is huge for Golf Talk Canada fans and uh, for those who just want to get a little dose of the RBC Canadian Open. I I think it's great that uh, our show... And we, as a, as a network, radio and TV-wise, get to celebrate uh, the long-awaited return. And from all accounts, from what I've been told, this is uh, going to be the biggest event in the history of this very, very old historic championship. That uh, corporate hospitality, ticket sales, just overall uh, response has been overwhelming. Um, and, and the field is uh, looking like the, the, you would have to go back to the 70s and 80s to find a field that's even remotely close. I know the last one at Hamilton was very good, but this one now with Justin Thomas committing last week to the field, world number one already in the field, Cameron Smith in there, our RBC ambassadors, this is, this is shaping up to be the best field we've ever seen in an RBC Canadian Open. I think the one thing that's going to be interesting to see is if everybody gets across the border. Ooh. We still got restrictions in place, and um, that may, you know, there. I don't say the names that have been announced, but there could be some other players out there who may not make decide at the last minute, or maybe not realize, or don't want to go through the hassle of filling out the arrive can app or whatever it is. But uh, it'll be interesting, and maybe some caddies too. Who knows? Well, we're gonna know uh, pretty quickly who <laughs> kept are. up on their shots, right? That's- <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're at Weston Golf Club for Team Canada Day here. Uh, Golf Canada celebrating uh, the future of the game and some of the great young athletes on the men's and ladies team. We're here at Weston Golf Club. We're going to uh, talk a little bit about that in an hour or two. But on the other side, Sam Burns, now a three-time winner after winning the Charles Schwab Challenge. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was presented by TaylorMade. TaylorMade and the all-new Stealth Driver with a red carbon face for better energy transfer and more ball speed. Welcome to the Carbon Age. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Caddy Time, the Uber-like app that allows golfers across Canada to find affordable, qualified caddies to any round. Visit caddytime.com Download the app or talk to your PGA professional today. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. We are on location, Weston Golf Club. I'm staring at the first tee as we speak, actually. I thought we might see an O-Dog sighting by now. You know, squeezing in a little golf, maybe, on a Monday morning before the show. But uh, no O-Dog sightings as of yet. Uh, let's take a look at the uh, Charles Schwab Challenge. Uh, gets it done at Colonial. Uh, it was ugly, uh, except for the player who leaves with the championship. Uh, at the end of the day, Sam Burns, really a, a performance on a day where Colonial was really kind of taking its pound of flesh, for, for lack of a better term. Um, before we get to it, let's hear from the champion. Sam Burns, he shoots 65 for his third win of the season, squeezing out Scotty Scheffler in a playoff. Let's hear from Sam Burns. Yeah, we're... Uh... Probably best friends, um, but at the same time, I can assure you, he wanted to be me more than anybody else, and I wanted to be him more than anybody else, and it just happened to be uh, the two of us at the end. So, um, yeah, it's, it's going to be a fun story that um, that we'll get to have for the rest of our careers. And um, you know, fortunately, I got the better.
other end of it this time, but you know, hopefully we're at where we of these situations in the future. Bob, the golf course played 6,800 yards yesterday. Let's take a look at some of the scores of the players that were actually in contention. Scotty Scheffler, world number one, shoots two over par. Brendan Todd, who had a piece of the lead at one point, shoots one over par. Scott Stallings, who had a share of the lead at one point. By the way, guys, at one point we had five players tied for the lead at 10 under par. Scott Stallings shoots two over par. 78 for Harold Varner III. And of course, the 65 here is the outlier by Sam Burns. How does a 6,800 yard golf course, Bob, push back this hard on a Sunday? Uh, you get a little wind, you get a little wrong rough, you get a little uh, firm greens, you get some guys who uh, just aren't firing it like they should be. I mean, it, it, it is a little bit strange to see that many, you know, once in a while we, we see a couple of guys have bad Sundays, but that many guys who are that talented on a 6,800-yard golf course, uh, it just shows you what, what you can do if you really want to have a setup where the guys aren't going to, uh, aren't going to go that, that low. And might be a good lesson for guys down the road here at St. George's in a couple of weeks that that golf course is barely going to tip out. It might say 7,000-plus on the, on the scorecard, but I'm not sure if it's how long it'll actually play. Yeah, wind was howling. That's part of it as well, I guess. So Mother Nature certainly contributing. And, and Adam, you said to me the first thing you noticed when you tuned in on Sunday is how crusty those greens were getting. Yeah, totally. Very crusty. And, and But once the wind picked up, you know, every putt was like you, you, had to, you had to take wind into account when you're reading your putts. And we saw so many short putts missed. You mentioned Harold Varner III. Scotty Scheffler missed a very short putt that did not have a chance of touching the hole which was bizarre given the success he has had but it goes back to the course set about colonial it's it's an awesome golf course and when the wind blows that hard like you guys were just mentioning if it happens at st george's in a couple of weeks we'll see scores around around that same you know nine ten under par winning score and we'll and we're going to get in it a little bit more in colonial i know it'll pop up in in, in winners weird and what so now we switch gears guys and we come into an interesting lane of the season and, and adam you and i were talking about this this last week so we just left Colonial. We're headed to, to Murfield uh, for Jack's event. Then it's the RBC Canadian Open. Then it is a. Uh, then we're into a uh, U.S. Open. So at some point, the field's got to take a hit here. And it looks to me right now, Scotty Scheffler, world number one, and Justin Thomas are both skipping this week in Murfield. This is a tournament that they, especially Justin Thomas, has contended at, threatened to win on this golf course. It, you know, sooner or later, they're going to have to take a week off, Bob. It happened to be this week. I find that weird. Well, I can tell you that uh, when we were sitting down for our one-on-one -on -one after the PGA Championship, uh, Justin Thomas was talking to Graham Dillette, who was in the room with us, and uh, they he all of a sudden said, hey, I'm thinking of playing You're Open. What's that golf course like? And Graham gave him, we gave him a little bit of an update. And he said, oh, you are? He said, yeah, well, it's just this playing the week before a major seems to work. So... That is, in some part, I think, is why he's choosing to skip the, the Memorial and play at the, the RBC Canadian Open. And, uh, hey, Jack's loss is uh, Canada's gain. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because Memorial, usually one of the best fields of the year. The field's still going to be super strong, Skull. But, I mean, at the end of the day, when you shake out schedules and you rework schedules, which we've done quite often, there are winners and there are losers in those schedules. And, and this year, it looks like Memorial is going to take a bit of the hit as we're in this because you and I uh, originally thought, and we were looking at each other going, you know, Scotty Scheffler could play six weeks in a row here. He 
he's not going to thank God. And then, you know, like the burnout that comes from that, like we were mentioning last week, and you mentioned Scotty Scheffler too. Did you guys see that he was at a wedding right after uh, losing in the playoff in the Charles Schwab Challenge yesterday? I thought that was pretty funny for Scotty Scheffler. But, yeah, all in all, I mean, for Justin Thomas to skip the memorial, that shows how much respect he has for the RBC Canadian too, how great of a time he had three years ago, which is great for everyone here involved in Canada and certainly taking that strategy. Yes, he missed the cut at the Charles Schwab Challenge. He put a great Instagram post out on Friday evening, sort of cuddling the Wanamaker Trail. He said, hey, I missed the cut. Oh, well. But uh, for, for Justin Thomas, good to take on the strategy. Great to see him at St. George's in a couple of weeks. And then, of course, the U.S. Open at Brookline too. So a lot of, a lot of good uh, tournaments, a lot of big events coming in the next few weeks. We've got two majors still to go, obviously, and we've got a playoff and, of course, our own national championship. More Canadiana now the rest of the way. I think we're going to be a lot of Canadiana the rest of the way because PGA Tour Canada has returned, which is fantastic. They are playing the Victoria Open this week, the first event of the new season as the race for the Fortnite Cup kicks off. On June 2nd, Mark Astorius from Fortinet had a chance to catch up with Adam Scully, talk about the importance of the Cup and the new season. We'll hear from Mark on the other side. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC, presented by TaylorMade, was brought to you by Caddy Time, the Uber-like app that allows golfers across Canada to add affordable, qualified caddies to any round. Visit caddytime.com. Download the app or talk to your PGA professional today. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. All right, the... Race for the Fortnite Cup kicks off in Victoria this week for the Victoria Open, PGA Tour Canada. The season returns, and it is a brand new sponsor. The Fortnite Cup will be handed out at the end of the year as the race kicks off in Victoria, BC. Mark Astorius is the Vice President of Marketing for Fortnite. He had the opportunity to catch up with Adam Scully about the importance of the season and the new cup that they're all playing for. Let's hear from Adam and Mark. All right, pleased to be joined by Mark Asturias. And Mark, now that the announcement of the Fortinet Cup has been made, what are you most looking forward to for the upcoming season? You know, it's really exciting for us at Fortinet. It's, it's really the beginning of a new era in Canadian golf. Uh, we're, we're really excited to see, uh, you know, the competition take place at some of the best courses in the nation. Uh, as these young players really compete to secure their future in this game. Um, I've met with several of them, uh, de delightful folks to begin with. And, and I've also met with some of the, the organizers behind the scenes at these golf courses. Um, it's really wonderful to see such a strong ecosystem around them. And then later to see them, you know, leave the, 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 for, the, uh, the PGA tour Canada circuit and then move on to the next steps in their professional professional career. I think as you look at what the PGA tour is going to be in Canada, um, the other great piece that we're very excited about is really the positive impact that we're going to bring to each single community uh, that this tour touches. Uh, for us, that's really quite important. It's not just about cybersecurity for us, although we're the, the, the largest and number one cybersecurity vendor in Canada. It really is about uh, doing right by the company and by the different communities that we can touch. 
and so many different communities that you can touch. If for those listening, watching, who haven't been to a PGA Tour Canada event, they are amazing to get to be at because the talent of players at these events are just it's spectacular to watch really. Now, Mark, why was it important to continue your relationship with golf and sponsor the cup? Well, here's the thing, you know, Fortinet has, has, uh, has relationships with PGA uh, globally. We have them in the U S for the Fortinet uh, championship in Napa. Uh, we have uh, quite a, a great tour going on in, in the U S and different spots that we touched before that um, we have engagements in, in Europe Middle East and in Australia, and we wanted to bring uh, Canada on board as well. It is a, a very important country for us. Uh, we have a lot of large investments in Canada. Uh, we we have offices uh, in in uh, Burnaby, close to Vancouver, uh, in Ottawa as well. We have a large employee base, a large customer base, and uh, it gives us really the opportunity to partner with uh, PGA Tour Canada, who's been so successful and has a proven track record at making an impact in these local communities where they play. For us being that global leader, uh, you know, the Canadian leader in cybersecurity and uh, being able to have those same shared values with an organization is really, really important to us. And PGA Tour Canada has done a great job and, uh, and, and really underlining those values. It's not about the money. It's not always about the golf. It's certainly the biggest part of it, but touching those communities is really going to make a difference. And the Fortinet Cup Championship is in Kitchener at Deer Ridge. And recently you named Corey Connor as the honorary chair and his foundation as the charity. What's the significance of having not only one of the top players on the PGA Tour, PGA Tour winner, the top ranked Canadian on the FedEx Cup standings being involved with that, but also a graduate of PGA Tour Canada being involved in an event like this? You know, it's, it's, it's a great honor to begin with uh, to have him involved, but it really speaks to the power of PGA Tour Canada and now what will be known as the Fortinet Cup. Um, in seeing these young people come through the program demonstrate their skills, uh, be able to, to really not only, not only play well at these, these, in these, uh, you know, different golf courses, but also have a, have a, an outreach to the communities across. And, and I think we should probably talk about that, you know, the tour uh, as well. And, you know, it, it's going to consist of 11 events from coast to coast across seven provinces. I think that's really important. We're going to have a, a chance to really see them grow throughout the season. It, this particular cup is very much like the FedEx cup. So it's point based with a championship at the end at Kitchener. I have been to Kitchener. We had a great kickoff there. I met with them. In fact, this is my Kitchener shirt today, uh, <laughs> you know, representing the club, uh, a great group of organizers who are really dedicated to supporting these young players. The end of the year is going to culminate in that, uh, Fortinet sponsored uh, flagship event in Kitchener, as you mentioned, uh, it'll be a hundred thousand uh, dollar bonus pool involved, and and so forth and so on. But you, going back to you know the comment that you made about uh, Corey Connors, he's one of of many folks that have graduated from this program, and for us, it's a great honor uh, to help secure the future of these players to help secure these communities as we go go forward with them and try to make a positive impact there. And for us to bring our customers to these events, our prospects and customers and partners, our distributors, um, and have them engage, have them understand why we're there, 
Um, it provides us a great opportunity to just have those really crucial conversations about cybersecurity, which is so important in today's world, and, and enjoy a great day of golf. And so uh, from that perspective, I think from a corporate perspective, we are uh, touching on all the core values uh, that we have as a company. And we've done so in partnering with PGA Tour Canada, who has done this for so long. Great thing to mention, too, is that the PGA Tour Canada has not been fully operating since 2019. So with Fortinet coming on board, we'll finally see this in full swing and, uh, and be able to see the, the impact in these young players. That's what I was going to say, Mark, before I wrap here is that one of the favorite things that I've had the pleasure of doing here on Golf Talk Canada is having some of the winners from PGA Tour Canada on our show to give them the spotlight to be able to, for our listeners and viewers to hear their story because COVID was tough for everyone, whether you're in the golf industry or you're not, and PGA Tour Canada was able to have events, but now there's a full schedule back, the Fortinet Cup, so much exciting coming down the line here for PGA Tour Canada, Fortinet cup mark thanks for your time today thank you so much great stuff there from adam and mark as the season kicks off this week in victoria the victoria open we're going to head right through to the middle of september again 11 events seven provinces fortnight cup deer ridge middle of september we'll hand out the cup we'll keep you up to date on golf talk canada radio tv we'll speak to the winners take a look at the chase for the top five for the fortnight cup as well standings etc as the season kicks off on the other side we're going to get you caught up on our twitter poll and we need to get bob's opinion and bob engaged on this conversation because last week i suggested the pg of america uh i thought had a real opportunity to to keep visiting modern day classics uh and and show the major golf communities some golf courses that we normally don't see unless the pga of america goes there i.e keogh island i.e whistling straits because the u.s open just does not go there but then it got the wheels turning, and I brought up the conversation of, you know, why does the PGA always have to be on American soil? What, you know, the PGA Federation and, and, and the PGAs around the world, including the PGA of Canada, um, could be represented here. And this, and this major championship could move around and become, you know, an international global major and create an identity for itself that way. Like, why not a PGA championship at Shaughnessy? Why not a PGA championship somewhere here in Ontario? Who knows? Uh, 61% of our Twitter audience said they'd like to see a PGA outside U.S. soil. Kind of left it at that, brought up the suggestion, Royal Melbourne, Valderrama, etc., uh, we'll get Bob's opinion on the other side, get him engaged on this. We'll also get you caught up on all things Golf Talk Canada, including 20 weeks of TaylorMade and our RBC Canadian Open schedule next week as we are never leaving the airways. Basically, <laughs> Bob, Adam, and I are putting up a tent at St. George's somewhere on the 16th, and we are camping for seven days. That's uh, coming up next. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by WeatherTech Canada. Canada's leader in automotive accessories. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. 
Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada on location, Weston Golf Club, to celebrate Team Canada Media Day here at Weston Golf Club. And uh, Maury Kane going to pop by top of the hour, sit in with us, have a little chat. She's been hanging out with some of the, the players this morning, handing down some wisdom, I'm sure. Probably trying to get back to Prince Edward Island as soon as possible. Get out of the city of Toronto would be my guess. I know if I was her, I'd be trying to get back to PEI as soon as possible. Anybody who leaves PEI, the first thing they realize is I need to get back to PEI as soon as possible. Okay, Bob, uh, how crazy am I that I want to see the PGA Championship move around and leave America? I think it would be great to create another international major so that it's just not three U.S.-based majors every year and... It's always struggled with its identity. Why not help its identity and turn it into an international major? You know, they, they actually talked about that. The PGA of America talked about that a number of years ago, maybe five years ago, six years ago, and they were saying that, you know, there are other markets you can get to. And it's basically, to me, it comes down to being a business decision. Imagine what having a major in Asia would bring in terms of sponsorship. Uh, imagine one in Australia. Um, it's it's incredible to think of what you could do. Now, there's traditions as well you have to kind of watch out for, and this is basically the uh, was the championship for the PGA of America. Now, it's, it's obviously gone beyond that these days, but it would be a hard sell, but I could see maybe once every eight years or something, go to I would say go to Asia first because that's a huge market. Maybe go, as I said, to Australia, maybe Europe, maybe Africa. There's almost sort of, you can see what, what happens when you bring something like the President's Cup to those markets it's uh it's a massive place there's lots of downsides too do the guys want to travel across and do all that you know some of these players don't like to leave the confines where they can't get espn on their tv and, and that kind of stuff but i like the idea i think in in principle in principle it's a pretty good idea yeah i and i, and I know what you're saying in terms of you know obviously tradition and then there's the tv side of things you lose that you know, North American TV market in, in some of these areas in terms of what time of night is the PGA Championship being shown, etc. But Adam, to Bob's point, though, yes, there's going to be a hit on the TV side of things and the TV numbers, but from a corporate sponsorship positioning standpoint in some of these markets that would be starved for something like this, I, I got to think, you know, listen, I don't do that for a living. But I've got to think that in some of these markets, some of that corporate support and sponsorship would offset the, the TV hit. And again, we're not talking about something that happens every year. But, you know, once every five, once every eight, something like that. Bring it to some iconic venues around the world. Why not? Yeah, absolutely. And Bob mentioned there the word growth. And we saw last year at the Olympics the, the growth of the game in that sense. Um, with obviously that was played in the middle of the night and, and we were all watching that. That was some of the best golf we saw all year was at the Olympics. You think back, like you guys mentioned too, the President's Cup at Royal Melbourne. You think the President's Cup in Korea back in 2015. This would give an avenue for the global growth for a growth of the game around the world for someone to maybe to get into the game, to go see their hero play in Asia, in Australia, in Canada, that sort of thing. So I, I think it's a cool idea. Uh, maybe it's something that we should take to the higher ups of the PGA of America and then see what's what from there. But something one every five, eight years would be pretty cool. I agree. It'd be pretty interesting to check it out. And uh, again, for a tournament that struggles with identity and uh, and again next year, guys, this is going to happen again next year. Where this conversation started again, I I started this conversation. I was I was hanging out with a good friend of mine, and he he basically came out and said to me, "What is this tournament, right?" And 
we talked a little bit about the history, about, you know, it was a match play championship. There were moments in history where players like Hogan had to choose between the Open and the PGA because geographically and travel-wise, it, it didn't align to play all four. So, uh, but ever since it's kind of lost it, the, the match play element, which was 70 years ago, it was always an identity, an identity issue. And now next year, Bob, we're going to Oak Hill, just on the other side of the lake which is a big, big, big ballpark that just went through a renovation that is a hard golf course, a very difficult, big U.S. Open venue-style facility. And I am afraid that we are headed for a just a, a kinder, gentler U.S. Open PGA next year, and we're right back to this conversation. Yeah, you know, you talked about the identity of the PGA, and it's it's easy to say, see the identity of the other three, right? The U.S. Open and the Open Championships are essentially national championships. The Masters, we know exactly what's happened on every uh, hole, on every every swing from uh, from start to finish, back from the 1930s right through to uh, Scotty Scheffler. Um, but the PGA has always been that event. Well, what is it? Is it, you know, and it wasn't match play. That's separated. You'd never get a, a match play as a major now these days, but... Um, because of television, but I think I think that going to the best golf courses they can get, and they've had a couple of tough tracks over the last few years. They've also had a couple of easy ones, but I think maybe you have to kind of start building up a reputation as a big, challenging, demanding tournament and make it feel like a major. There have been years when I've been at the PGA Championship when it's felt like the Shearson-Lehman Brothers Hutton you know, open something. It just hasn't felt like that major part. So maybe that taking it to these big ballparks, yes, it does bring it in line a little bit more with the U.S. Open, but it also makes it feel more like a big major championship, which sometimes it lacks. Well, we will find out. Time time will tell, and we will see. Now, speaking of major championships, next week is a major for all of us. Our national championship is back. Golf Talk Canada on location Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. We've never done this before, Adam. We're going to do two-hour full shows of Golf Talk Canada every single day. We'll be Golf Talk Canada television will be shot on location next week. Bob will be working TSN Sports Center. You'll be working with TSN Edge. I'll be under the headset for four days on PGA Tour Radio. It is the busiest week of the year, hands down, for us. It feels like a major. It is a major for us. The first time our national championship is returning since Hamilton in 2019. I can't believe it's been that long. I'm thrilled it's back uh, by ticket sales, corporate response. I mean, this is going to be the biggest Canadian Open ever. I'm pumped for next week. I'm certainly so pumped for next week. And like Bob mentioned off the top of the show, we are going to be, not only are we on location, we are on the rink hole, the 16th hole at St. George's. So come over, come say hi, come wave to us. We'll be right in the heat of the atmosphere. Looking forward to being there all five days, well, seven days for the entire tournament to be there and covering the tournament uh, for TSN and SportsCenter. So it's going to be a great week. And even the concert series too, Mark, are you going to be there for Maroon 5 or what? Or so Florida? this is Golf Talk yep. Canada is trying to convince me that uh, we need to go to the concert on uh, Saturday night. Uh, but here's the problem. Mrs. Golf Talk Canada doesn't realize that uh, basically our days are like, we got to leave our house at like 8 a.m. to make sure we're there comfortably to start our show at 10. Then, you know, PJ Tour Radio goes live at noon or 1. We're on the air till 7 o'clock. Bob, when's your last Sports Center hit? 
Uh, it depend on the day, but probably right. somewhere in between six and seven. Okay, so basically we got 12-hour days. So, you know, seven 12-hour days in a row, I'm trying to explain to Mrs. Golf Talk Canada that maybe Maroon 5 isn't top of the, of the priority list right now, you know? I gotta go. I gotta go because it's being held on the football field on which I was the uh, star for the Richview Saints football team. Star, maybe a little bit too much. I might have been the uh, reserve linebacker, uh, but I want to go back and see if I can find a couple of my molars that I lost in grade twelve on one of the, one of the <laughs> chops I took there. So, it's on the football field at Richview, just down the street. But it's it just goes to show you how big this is now. The concert series. I mean, it's uh, it's it's a huge event. It's more than just the golf tournament. Uh, Adam, will you be going to the concert uh, on either night? Because there's a Friday night concert as well. And also, 20 Weeks of TaylorMade continues this week. What are we giving away, boss? Yeah, so on, on the concert side of things, I'm hoping to get to one of them. I know some friends are going. I know some family will also be there. My mom also went to Richview Collegiate back in the day with Bob, ironically. So uh, funny how that, that all works. So I'm looking forward to, uh, to being there at Richview. As for 20 Weeks of TaylorMade, only a couple hours left. Gents, we are giving away a Spider GT putter, the same flat stick that Bob currently has in his golf bag that we'll be seeing in a couple hours here at Weston. How you win? Follow Golf Talk Canada, follow TaylorMade Canada, Twitter, Instagram, Tagger Golfing Buddies, and you'll be in the draw to win a Spider GT putter. There you go, Spider GT. Okay, we're on location, Weston Golf Club. It is Team Canada Media Day. A lot of great young players here today. We're going to get a chance to meet some of them uh, later on this afternoon and see some of the future, really, of this country. This is the program. This is the development program that has grown and is stronger than ever. The program that has produced the Mackenzie Hughes and Corey Connors of the world and uh, our strength in numbers as a golf nation is, has never been stronger. I would suggest to you that uh, with all due respect to Mike Weir and Stephen Ames who were you know, the face of golf in this country for many years, at, at Canadian Opens it felt to me quite often uh, in the last several decades that it was we had two two horses to try to win a race against 140 other players. Well, it doesn't feel like that anymore. It feels now that we've got seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. We're going to have so many strong players in the field next week. The strength in numbers and players that are comfortable in this moment that have played well in majors and big spotlights that have had President's Cup, uh, President's Cup uh, experience, U.S. Open, Open Championship experience. It should be a wonderful national championship we can't be there i can't wait to be there next week okay on the other side one of the greatest ambassadors for the game of golf in canada i would suggest even greater an ambassador adam than bob weeks that that's how big our our next guest is as an ambassador and bob may be able to go toe-to-toe to you with hall of fame inductions i'm not sure we could have a hall of fame off Lori kane bob weeks in a hall of fame off coming up next this is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by PlayGolf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. Thank you for listening to Hour 1 of GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television weekly on the TSN Television Network.
This is Hour 2 of Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. And welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Hour two, winners, weird, and what. We will tee up the Women's U.S. Open. We'll also chat a little uh, senior uh, champions tour PGA as we had a couple chances to get a Canadian flag in the winner's circle there. It was a crazy round by Stephen Alker on Sunday that just uh, really dominated the headlines of that championship. Uh, Bob, myself, and Adam on location at Weston uh, Golf Club to uh, celebrate Team Canada Day as we're here for Team Canada Media Day and so meeting some of the, the the stars of the future. But very lucky to have our next guest on because without our next guest, there isn't a pathway for these kids as stars of the future. And I was teasing on the other side as we went to break that uh, we were going to have a Hall of Fame off between Lori Kane and Bob Weeks because I don't know which one has been recognized or honored more. And it's like that joke on uh, on uh, where like Jim Nance will sit there in the booth with Fred Couples and he'll say, you know, between the two of us as college friends, we have uh, one green jacket and 22 PGA. <laughs> I feel like that right now. Between the three of us, we have... Lori, how are you? So great to see you. Last time I saw you uh, was at Lake Nona. We bumped into each other this winter. You get to go from one wonderful place to the next. What what, what brings you here uh, today for uh, this Team Canada outing? Well, thanks for having me, guys. Um, uh, we just had a discussion with uh, Golf Canada, and maybe I could share some of my um, knowledge, uh, how I got to where I am, and to encourage the young ladies that I spent the last day and a half with, that if they so desire to make it to where I was in the LPJ Tour, that um, it's there. Uh, I'm really excited with the program that Golf Canada is putting in place uh, to support the young women that we do have, trying to decide both, you know, going junior, amateur, and then on to uh, maybe professional golf. Give us your take on what you saw and what you heard from from those young gals, because we we see names. I think a lot of Canadians, if you're an avid golf fan, you see names like Bridget Thibault and Celeste Dow, but what do, you, what do you see when you talk to them and what do you hear from them? Well, um, I was I was pleasantly surprised. I don't, um, you know, bat on me for, I know names. I don't. I was able to put some faces. Uh, I've run into some kids at the CP Women's Open um, at different times. Uh, what I saw yesterday at uh, TPC Toronto, um, yeah, there's a lot of skill. And now it's it's giving them again the support they need to to kind of make the next step. What, what what do you think is the difference if you can go back in time and think of yourself at that age and the contemporaries that you came up playing junior golf with and then and then later into your early professional career? It seems to me like every generation, Lori, it feels like they're they're prepared to to have success earlier we talk about this all the time on pga tour radio you used to have to wait till you're in your early 30s until it was okay to win on the pga tour it's almost like you were given permission uh and now these kids in their 20s are like this do you are you seeing that already now at this age in terms of preparation and ready for the next level so to speak mark that's a good question so um, everybody knows Danny Sharp has been on my bag for my whole career and um, I've often said that Danny has a vision uh, because he's had the ability to be inside the ropes on women's the women's game at the best 
Um, he's now on Hank Libiota's bag um, and will be at the RBC Open next week. Or the yeah, next week. Um, I asked Danny. I said, "Why? Why are we? Where? Where have we missed it in Canada that we had a great group of ladies uh, that blazed the trail for me?" Um, and then I came along, and we were all having success. And then we went through a lull, and now we've got Brooke, who's won ten times. Um, but we're kind of a little bit thin. Uh, I definitely think we have the talent, but I think it's just showing the support and, and that, um, you know, then we had the Korean invasion of the LPGA Tour. So the product of the LPGA Tour has never been better. Um, and I think if we can't sell this, then, then uh, we got, you know, we're in trouble. But it is so much fun to watch week in, week out. But to your point, both on the men's side and the ladies' side, they come out of school with no fear. And they're hitting the ball a long way. Um, the equipment, um, it's helped the women's game tremendously. Um, so I think, you know, if I'm, I'm sitting here today at Weston uh, with you guys to say uh, I'm ready to, to help get more of us to the LPGA Tour. Speaking of the LPGA Tour, let's see where your status is. What's going on? Are you going to play a little bit more this year? I know you've got some of the uh, senior opens and things on the schedule, but, but give us an update of where you are. Well, I'd like to say that... Um, I can play more, but unfortunately, due, due to scheduling, everything backs the senior U.S. Open backs up with the CP Women's Open. Um, I will be in Ottawa to play the CP Women's Open. Um, I will not be able to play the uh, LPGA Championship, senior LPGA Championship, because of a commitment I have at Mill River, and um, maybe that's the business side of golf. Uh, you know, spending time yesterday with the young ladies is firing me up. I, I want to get back to playing. Um, I think we're, we're in a position that COVID really did some, you know, took the legs out from under senior women's golf, but I think there is a commitment to, um, to making it better. I'm, you know, I'll put a plug out there if somebody's listening. Uh, I would love to see the Champions Tour and the, of the Champions Tour of the PGA and the Champions Tour of the LPGA get together and do something because um, I think it would be fun to watch. And, yeah, and I think there's opportunities out there. And, and I've brought this up on the air a bunch of times. And, you know, I'm a PGA Tour guy. I work for them. But and but the reality situation is I thought there'd be more when that announcement came out two, three years about, ago about the LPGA-PGA Tour relationship, more things being done together. And you and I were having a conversation earlier today before we went on the air about aligning schedules and things between the men's game, women's game, you're talking about it at the Champions Tour level for sure. makes a ton of sense. But, I mean, we saw it at the U.S. Open a couple of years ago at Pinehurst, and, and it, it was a massive success. And then it kind of went away. And it, it, Yeah, I'm going to interrupt you too, Mark, for a second and share with you that um, the Vic Open, which is played down in Australia, is an event that we have two purses. Um, they alternate. It's over 36 holes. They alternate guys' group, men, like a, a women's group behind a men's group. And now this year they're going to bring the, the, the Australian Open to Kingston Heath and Victoria, and they're going to play them together. Awesome. Um, they're doing it right down there. They're, they're not afraid to, you know, to shake it up. Um, could you imagine a JCPenney Classic now with Nellie Corda and whoever her, she would play with? I mean, how much fun that would be? Be amazing. Wow. 
We, uh, I can remember. In fact, there was a cover of Score Golf Magazine where back in the day with you and Mike Weir playing together in that old J.C. Penny. It was a long time ago, but y'all, y'all look a little different now. But uh, you both do. But um, I want you to put your Prince Edward Island hat on, and because you are the queen, you should be your crown. Actually, your Prince Edward Island, your queen of Prince Edward Island, and tell us about the golf situation out there because I know a lot of people are either have already either booked trips to go down there, and it's it's available now, or are planning trips. Uh, what can you tell us? Oh, well, the golf is great, and it's plentiful, and it's healthy, um, and you can go tip to tip. Um, I would suggest maybe coming up to Mill River uh, to start with us, um, a newly um, refurbished resort, um, lots to do. You can make your way to the other end of the island and, and hit probably our, our flagship golf course in, in Crowbush. Um, we're going to be hosting the Island Open, as or Prince Edward Island Open, I guess they're referring to it as, with uh, PGA Canada um, at Dunderave, um, the end of June. Uh, but yeah, you gotta gotta book early and come watch, come play some of the best golf you play. Lori, uh, before we let you go, I, I'm just curious if you have an opinion you'd like to share, or an idea. The, uh, really, one of the biggest stories taking over the entire world of golf. You know, a, as a woman, as a successful. A woman that has had success in every country she's gone to play golf and been a, a flag bearer for this country, a face of golf for our country for for decades now, uh, and which makes us proud to travel. Because when people talk about Canadian golf, your name comes up, and doesn't matter where we are. So makes us our life much easier as Canadians on the road covering the game of golf when people think of you and Mike and, and faces like that. We're, we're, we're on the verge next week of a, of a live golf series, and there's people taking a lot of heat uh, publicly. Um, th- these people are independent contractors. We're, you know, where does this go from here? Uh, do, do you have anything you'd like to share? I've been very vocal on this about how I think there's a real moment in time for the world to decide that some things are more important than money. And I, you know, I don't. I don't feel particularly good about anybody choosing to go play on this series because of where the money comes from. I also felt the same way about, you know, Olympics going to China and things like that. I, I kind of brought it up to, hey, if uh, Vladimir Putin had a $500 million purse tomorrow and wanted to invite us all to play Moscow Country Club, should we be going? Like, it, no, we shouldn't be. Um but we're going to have some names, some very recognizable names of people we know that have done great things in the game of golf. Likely a, a while ago, likely 10, 15, 20 years ago, mostly, but yeah. still recognizable ambassadors for the game. They're likely going to go do this. Yeah. Any any opinion on any of this? Um, I, I was never a fan of the term independent contractor. Uh, I know on the LPGA Tour side that I owe a, a debt of gratitude to the 13 founders that built the LPJ tour. Then I owe an even probably more substantial debt to the women that lifted it through some difficult times in the early 70s to get it to 1996 when I'm my rookie year. Um, my moral compass is my moral compass and I, I, I know that we're in a place that um, is difficult. Uh, and I've listened to it all and I've looked at it and I'm not sure where I stand other than um, I play on the LPGA Tour, and that just happens to be based there in the U.S. Go. All right, and I think that's fair, and I think that's probably going to be a lot of the opinions that uh, we get. Laurie, thanks so much for taking the time. 
And I'm Gosh, so happy you pleasure. get to go back to Prince Edward Island because, you know, anybody who gets to go back to Prince Edward Island is living a good life, living their best life, right? So living the it. dream. Safe travels, Lori. We'll hope to see you soon. Uh, Lori Kane, uh, always an absolute pleasure uh, to have Lori on the show. Again, one of the great ambassadors for the game of golf for our country. And on the other side, we will actually preview uh, U.S. Women's Open this week, and we'll take a look back at the Champions Tour Major. Happened this week, almost a Canadian win. Ames Weir in the hunt. Australian Stephen Alker out of nowhere with an eight-under round on a Sunday to snag a major championship on the Champions Tour. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club and Resort. Live, stay, and play. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. We're, we're calling an audible. I feel like we're on, um, Bob, like we're hosting a, a late night talk show like in the 70s where there's just walk-ons. You know, it's like Carson and Dean Martin just did a walk-on with us or something like that. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, uh, look who we got here, though. We have now Kevin Blue joining us. Of course, we're at Weston Golf Club. Uh, and we're here for Team Canada Media Day. We just we just spoke to Laurie Kane. Uh, Kevin, of course, is the Chief Sport Officer for Golf Canada, uh, the man in charge of of growing these programs and, and keeping the future of of our sport bright with our young talent. And, and Kevin joining us now this week. And Kevin, I already booked you for next week too, so you're going to be a regular the next couple of weeks. Because next week our RBCs. Uh, is back in full flight. We'll get to that, but thanks for taking time to do this with Bob and I today. Yeah, it's great to be here and appreciate uh, appreciate the opportunity to spend a bunch of time with you guys over the next couple of weeks. So tell us a little bit about today. Who's here? Uh, where are these kids from? Uh, are they off to school? Are some of them already at school? Tell us a little bit about the, the, the men's and ladies uh, program that are here with us today. Yeah, we have a cross of players here today from uh, our junior program, our amateur program, and uh, unfortunately the, the professionals all uh, have conflicts today. They're, they're, as was referenced earlier, the men are in, are getting out to Victoria for PGA Tour Canada and some are playing Corn Ferry. So uh, today there's a bunch of uh, college players, some junior players, really good young talent, uh, excited to be uh, help them become household names here in, in a few years. You've, you've recently kind of taken this over, this program, and I know you've done a lot of deep dive into sort of establish where we are. What, what have you found in that, in that research? I think Canada has, has made a lot of progress, particularly on the men's side in the last 20 years. And um, we, do, we are very optimistic, however, about continued growth. Uh, the optimism is really driven by our analysis about the size of the participant base in the sport on a per capita basis. Like, there's a lot of golf in Canada. People love golf in Canada. And um, what we are going to try to do is tweak how the system works a little bit so that we can convert a bigger percentage of our tremendously large participation base into globally, you know, world-class players. And uh, that's a long-term process, but, um, you know, we're, we're confident in the analytical work we've done to understand the opportunity. And we're fortunate to have some really good donor support to bring the resources to bear. So it's going to be an exciting several-year process to continue ramping up the number of Canadian great players. 
I find this so uh, amazingly interesting, uh, Kevin, in the sense that how, what I'm hearing, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, I'm trying to make it into, uh, trying to understand this in layman terms, but we have, we've had an incredible upswing in participation over several decades, call it the Mike Weir effect, whatever you want to call it. Uh, that has also led to the, uh, our developmental programs getting better as well, which we're now seeing. Look at the, the size and numbers that we see each week. Even just on, If we just use the PGA Tour as the only example, and there's tours all around the world, men and women, that we use examples. But if you just use the PGA Tour, it's a perfect example of, of Bob and I go, wow, I mean, we got nine guys in the field this week. We'll have that conversation on a Monday before, before we go on radio. But what we're talking about now is an, a more analytical approach a systems approach to be able to take all that data, all this participation, and, and find a smarter way of identifying elite players or potentially future elite players. Am I understanding that correctly? Yeah, I, I think that the main takeaway from our work is that we have a lot of Canadian golfers. Like, there's just a lot of people in golf, a lot of people in Canada for the size of the country play golf, and we're not quite represented on the global. Uh, uh, on the global stage yet with the a proportionate number of world-class players we are getting there no question about it particularly on the men's side um, but we do feel that with some systemic changes and some modifications and the enhanced support for the emerging amateurs and pros that we'll be able to convert a larger percentage of our tremendously big participation base into global globally prominent players so there's a uh, you know there's a the myriad of approaches that we are taking but the main takeaway for people is we should have continued optimism about further growth in the number of uh, world-class players coming from Canada. How, how much of this is being done on a global scale? How much are we tapping into other programs in other countries who have had success? Uh, significantly, Bob. We, uh, you know, we're trying to learn from, from what's happening in, in countries that are similar to Canada. Uh, Denmark and Sweden are similar in terms of social fabric of the country and the climate. Australia and England are similar in, in, in terms of the popularity of golf, the number of golfers. Uh, the United States is not really similar to Canada in, in many respects, except for the industry structure of golf in the United States mirrors what we see in Canada. So we're trying to draw from each of those countries, understand what they do well, understand what are their limitations. And then we've got to, you know, Canada has its own culture and its own situation, and we've got to make sure that we're crafting what we do according to our circumstances. We're trying to learn from everybody else. We're with Kevin Blue, who is the uh, Chief Sport Officer of Golf Canada. We're at uh, Weston Golf and Country Club for Team Canada Media Day. Uh, but, Kevin, we've got to switch gears a little bit because uh, in 13 days... We're going to hand out the RBC Canadian Open Trophy for the first time in three years. Um, I, the Canadian golf community has never been more pumped and excited uh, that our national championship's back. Uh, we've all been out to St. George's, had an opportunity to, to see the golf course, play the golf course, see some of the changes. Uh, it's in magnificent shape. Um, all signs are pointing to the biggest, uh, greatest championship we've ever had. How excited are you personally, and what's the energy like at Golf Canada for next week? The, uh, everybody's extremely excited, as you might imagine. It's like a couple years, obviously, and I think that the, uh, the anticipation for a, a tremendous field, the opportunity for and players to, to contend. itself uh, concerts and, and 
build on St. George's is going to be extraordinary. When people walk in uh, to the property, they're going to be astonished by the size of the build and the amount of structures and and really the 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 experience that uh, that have it's going to feel like the major major sporting event that it is. And our 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 division championship done an amazing job and we just can't wait to share that with people it's been a while so i think people are really eager and, and looking forward to next week kevin thanks so much for taking the time to do this we'll have you next week on location we'll be at the rink on 16 we'll have the tsn studio set up there uh our radio network our tv network on location for seven days golf talk Canada will be there for all five days so we have to get you come and sit in with us uh at least once i know you've got a lot of duties but we'll uh we'll be bugging you to guest next week so thanks so much and uh, we're so pumped that uh we're happy to be here today and and we're as excited as you guys are for next week so thanks so much for your time hanging out next week and cheering on the canadians Kevin Blue with you right there. Okay, on the other side, uh, we're going to do winners, weird, and what. Adam back in with Bob and I. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club and Resort. Live, stay, and play. This is Golf Talk Canada presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Cadillac. Experience the iconic Cadillac sedans and SUVs in a personalized live video tour with all your questions answered in real time. Book your tour at Cadillac.live. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. We're on location, Weston Golf Club, Zucchino Week, Scully. It is Team Canada Media Day. Looking forward to getting out there and playing one of my favorite golf courses in the province. This is the home golf club of Bob Weeks as well. And there is an Arnold Palmer statue behind me. Of course, Arnold Palmer won his first professional golf tournament right here at Weston Golf Club. Tons of history at Weston Golf Club and always one of the best conditions as well. Do not get above the hole at Weston Golf Club. In fact, I have seen many people quit the game who hit it on the back fringe of the fifth green and, <laughs> and watched it just go right off the front edge. Right, Bob? Like, do not get it above. Fifth green, third green, sixteenth <laughs> green. <laughs> There's a few out there. Yep, you got to be careful. Uh, well, we're gonna get out there and play this afternoon, but uh, let's get to it. The good, the bad, the ugly. Winners, weird, and what? And this week, the tea is mine. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Well, gentlemen, my winner this week, and we kind of alluded to this really off the top today i mean you had a 6800 yard golf course that was built a hundred years ago okay that hasn't had a, a major championship in decades i mean the last time it hosted an, a major championship there would have been a broadcast in black and white okay uh the rough by the way down you know it's bermuda rough you got you got to make educated guesses. You got you got to be smart about it. But it wasn't tricked up rough. wasn't tricked up anything like that. Yet we had single digits in a playoff. We saw the best players in the world uh, making bogeys on par fours that are under 400 yards. Many of them. I mean, Bob, I, I'm, I'll say it till I'm blue in the face. Setup beats length every day. I mean, if you give these guys 8,000 yards 
of super wide fairways and perfect weather, they're still going to shoot 25 under. But if you make them a little off balance, you give them some angles, you make them uh, keep it in the fairway, uh, think of what side of the hole they got to keep it on, yada, 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 a little help from Mother Nature, and all of a sudden, 68 still holds up. It's kind of fun to watch those guys play something that is different. You know, they don't get too many of these on the PGA Tour anymore this, these days. So uh, when they do get them, it's, uh, it's really fun to see them have to try and, you know, craft a few shots and hit some, hit some different kind of clubs as well. Yeah, I enjoyed it, and we still get to see it once once in a while on, on the PGA Tour. We see it, uh, you know, uh, uh, the stadium course in Sawgrass is not long by modern day standards. Uh, Copperhead, Hilton Head, they're, they're still out there. You just got to go digging through the weeds for them every once in a while. All right, my weird this week, Adam. I don't know if you saw this, but and and Bob, you were there in person at the PGA, but there was a lot of talk about how difficult the bunkerings the bunkers were at Southern Hills, and the players were talking about. The combination of sand and, and stone. There was a lot of pebbles in, in, in the grains of sand, and you could actually almost hear it on occasion with some of the bunker shots. Well, Adam, there were so many pebbles in the sand at the PGA Championship that this week at Colonial, tour vans replaced 40 sand wedges on Wednesday. 40 new sand wedges of players that previously played the PGA Championship. Once in a while, a guy will change wedge, wedges. Once in a while, the tour vans will get busy. But unheard of to have 40 players all change their sand wedge in the same week. That's how much damage was done to the grooves, the soles, etc., due to the bunkers of Southern Hills. Yeah, that's fascinating. I, I would be curious because, you know, some guys do like to change their wedges out but not every week, maybe a couple times a year, three, four times a year. But what was great about Southern Hills and the PGA Championship was that those bunker, bunkers were actual hazards. Yes. You know, a lot of guys take hazards now, or take bunkers now and try to hit it into greenside bunkers because they know they can get up and down because unless you get plugged or a fried egg, you're normally going to have a pretty good lie. And for guys of that magnitude, they're going to get up, get that up and down. So, but 40 in one day. 40 on one wedges in one day and by all accounts we'll probably see that bunker styling a little similar this week too as murfield village jack has always been a big fan of of making bunkers hazards and they went to a specific rake several years ago to not uh, to create issues with with uh, grooves in the, in the sand where it's raked etc etc so we might get some of that this week and finally my what this week guys you know how we sign off every golf talk canada whether it be tv or radio the first good decision on the golf course it starts in the closet. Well, Ricky Fowler decided to choose his headwear this Friday, this last Friday at Colonial, in the dark. Did you see the lid he was wearing, Bob? Did you see the Gilligan's hat with the flower print that uh, that Ricky was uh, uh, wearing? I, I was kind of worried that the batteries were going to run out before the 18th hole. I'm like, you can't wear a golf tournament wearing a lid like that. That is just, I mean, I don't care who you are. No one's lining up for those lids on Saturday morning. Okay, that does it for me. Bob, the tea is yours. So, so what do I do? Just aim for the pond? No, you're not supposed to hit it into the water. But you hit it into the water. I know I hit it into the water. Well, why do they even have water if you're not supposed to hit it there? Because it's fun! We're having fun! Look, it went further than your ball. All right, guys, my winner this week is Stephen Ames. And uh, first off, he's a winner because he came runner-up in the Senior PGA Championship. And if it hadn't been for a, a red-hot Stephen Alker, he probably would have won it. Uh, he did lose a couple of shots late down the stretch, but still, uh, great performance. And, of course, Mike Weir was, was fourth. 
Uh, but I'm really making him my winner for something he said in his press conference on Saturday night. Now, he, they play in groups of three. He was going to get grouped in the final, which he did, in the final round with uh, Bernard Long and Mike Weir. And so, the uh, I'm not sure who it was, but somebody asked him, he says, what's it like to play with Bernard Longer? And his, his response, I'll read it verbatim, slow, slow, and slow. <laughs> he's a wonderful person. This is a great, he's a great character on and off the course. He understands. He knows he's slow. He can't help it. Sometimes he can, sometimes he doesn't. But at the same time, you have to respect him for what he's achieved over the years, and he's a wonderful player too. But to call out a guy who's slow like that, I just love that. Wow. I think that's you know that's that's the reason why people are slow players in a lot of cases if i went out to this golf course here at weston where i'm a member and i asked every member are you a slow player not one person would admit to it uh steven's kind of calling him out being nice about doing it but adam what do you think about calling out slow players should we do it more yeah i mean like you would think if if that happened to say a couple of PJ Tour players who weren't well liked, you might see some fisticuffs in the parking lot after. But was Steve? Was this like good natured? Good? Like was he smiling when he said this, or what? What? What was it? All yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not sure. But uh, but it's. Uh, I'm glad he did it. It's kind of kind yeah. of fun. Uh, my weird this week is now. I don't know if you guys saw this shot, but last week at the PGA Championship when Tiger was playing, somebody took a picture and Tiger was hitting a shot, and behind him, there was like a mass of people, and every single person had a camera shooting their phone because of course if it doesn't if it doesn't end up on my camera it doesn't really happen except for one guy and his name was mark and he was just cradling his Michelob ultra right in front of his chest there and he was the only guy without a camera. living in the moment and, bob and he became known as the Michelob ultra guy and Michelob ultra went out and found him somehow they got him and now if you want you can buy a Mark the Michelob Ultra Guy shirt. There are now wow. shirts for sale. He's got his own merch. I mean, Mark, that's, well, that's a highlight of a career, I guess, right? And the thing I loved about it, too, was, I mean, it's one of the, it's one of the things that bothers me now in, in today's society. No one's in the moment. Everybody's filming it, looking through a lens. No one's actually there absorbing what they're seeing. To your point, he was the only guy there without a camera, just holding the beer, soaking it all in. And it proves to me what I've always thought. Drinking beer makes you smarter. <laughs> well, I will tell you, good for him because those beers were $19, so I would have held on to that beer too. <laughs> My what this what this week is, uh, what do we think about Tom Brady and this fake hole-in-one? Have you heard about this? Yeah, they were I've filming heard about it, but something. I haven't seen it. He took a shot from the tee, and he the ball, they, they had a drone. The drone covered the ball, and it went into the hole, and he yelled up and cheered and raced back. But some crafty people who could break down videos and uh, sleuths on the internet figured it out that it wasn't really necessary a hole-in-one because they had set this hole up in the middle of a fairway somewhere and it wasn't really all that far and it may not have gone in on the first try but they did do it right and it did his shot did go in of course we remember him doing that in the first match with Tiger uh, and Phil but uh, but it wasn't quite a hole-in-one I don't know Adam what do you think Oh man. Okay. So t Tom Brady came out with a video last year at some point with a football, and, yes, and it was yes. some sort of crazy like. And people were like, "Oh my God, this guy's so good!" And it's like, "Well, that's actually fake." And I mean, there were so many people on who I follow on social media who are, "Oh my God, Tom Brady's the best!" And yeah, he's he's a great athlete. And yeah, he's a good golfer, but. I don't think that was real. I think we'll have to play that on Golf Talk TV this week, Mark, so you can really take a look at that. And <laughs> wow. It okay. Nice. Yeah. All right, Adam. The T is yours. Three forty-eight. Oh. <laughs> Oh man, that is sweet. 
you know, gents, it's hot out here. Maybe we'll hit 348 this afternoon. I, I, I don't know. I mean, you hit a 348, you're going to have Bob and I by 100 yards this afternoon. It's <laughs> <laughs> a driver five iron for me. <laughs> yeah. Okay, my winner this week, the PGA Tour Netflix series. We haven't spoken about this for a couple weeks now, but it was released last Monday or Tuesday on Twitter that uh, every week the PGA Tour Netflix series, the crew, uh, they go out and they follow a couple of people in-depthly every week and on an in-depth basis every week and at the start of the PGA Championship they thought we're gonna follow three guys Justin Thomas, Mito Pereira, Matt Fitzpatrick. At the start of the week they said this so I mean good for them how lucky is that right to follow these guys and I can't wait for the series to come out I believe later next year or later this year early into next year and, and really get an in-depth look and especially Mark for Mito Pereira you know what, I, what happened on 18. I think this might be end up being the highlight of, of the entire series the fact that they you know, I don't want to say fluked out, but they could have chosen anybody to follow that week. And the fact that they followed three guys in the storyline right there through the week on the Sunday, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm hopeful that they caught some really amazing stuff. I, I really am. Uh, you know, I, again, I'm hopeful that this is going to be really good because from all accounts, uh, what I've been told is the PGA Tour is done completely hands off. And they are not trying to steer the narrative or, or polish this in any way. So we're gonna get we're gonna get the real deal, which is exciting for golf fans. Which is great for the growth of the game, and we've seen that to another level too with the Drive to Survive, the F1 series as well on Netflix, which we've seen a lot of new F1 fans involved with that. Okay, my weird this week. We see a lot of guys on tour. You know, a lot of you know traditional driver, three wood, five wood. You know, it irons in their bag, a traditional setup. Dustin Johnson carried a nine wood at the PGA Championship. I didn't realize players carry nine wood except for my mom, who has a nine wood in the bag for a long time. But Maverick McNeely carried a 10 and 11 iron this week at Colonial. So basically, he loved the, his iron setup and the way his irons are made. He uses either a Nike or a Callaway iron, an old Nike iron, I know. But he loves the way they're offset. They look, instead of actually getting a wedge, like a 52-degree wedge or a 56-degree wedge, he's carrying their shorter irons, obviously, but let's say 10 and 11 iron on them. That is something that mm -hmm. I have never heard of a professional golfer carry a 10 or 11 iron. How about you, Bob? I have a 13 iron in my bag. No, but I have seen, I have, actually, I have seen that, but a long time ago. Not 11, but I've seen a 10 iron. But it was back like in like a, like a historical club. It wasn't like a... Um, a set that anyone I knew was using actually it was on display somewhere. When I was 16 years old, I had a set of Phil Mickelson ADX Yonix Tour irons with boron shafts, which came three iron to 10 iron with then pitching wedge. So the 10 iron was almost like a, it was a gap wedge in the mm -hmm. set before it went to pitching wedge. And Adam, you should check this out on social media. Google uh, Jim Furyk's lob wedge. Jim Furyk has a custom-made lob wedge that he's had for years in the bag that Cleveland made for him specifically that has the same amount of offset on his lob wedge that's on his pitching wedge and nine iron. It's actually quite a few degrees. It's very visible. It's an offset lob wedge that uh, at first is quite strikingly odd at first, but check it out. I mean, it's amazing when you stick your head in that. I'm a gearhead, as you know. I love this stuff. So when I stick my head up, like I always like sneaking in the bags out there and poking around. One of these days I'm going to get arrested by a PGA Tour professional, <laughs> but uh, but I, I've learned a lot along the way. Uh, okay, and my what this week before we go to break. <laughs> What's next for Smiley Kaufman. This is a guy, 2016 Masters. He was being interviewed by Jim Nance, said, I live 
in my parents' place, uh, you know, still drive a, you know, an old car. He was playing with Jordan Spieth in that 2016 Masters final round when he had that collapse on the second nine there. But now, Smiley Coffin was doing some work with ESPN, with the PGA Championship. And he was quite good at it. He's quite a good personality. He was a part of that SB2K crew that was, you know, playing on a beach, tarps off back in 2017 with Spieth and JT and Fowler and playing music and having about 97 Coors Lights while playing. So you wonder what's next for Smiley Coffin here because he was a good commentator. He's obviously not that old. So you think maybe he can get his game back or maybe does he go down the commentary route for a little bit to get that fire back in the system to play professional yeah, I know. You know, it's so weird. It's such a fine line, eh, Bob? You know, like a couple of weeks ago when I was doing the ESPN Live uh, job uh, uh, for PGA Tour Live ESPN Plus, our studio's in St. Augustine. So it's right on the property of the World Golf Village. And my analyst that week was Andres Gonzalez, an amazing guy, great guy. Uh, 37 years old, so you're not young, not old, could certainly still be playing the tour. Actually played the Knoxville Open a couple weeks ago on the, on the uh, Corn Ferry Tour. But, you know, we went out after work one night and, and played golf. And, you know, I've got a rental set. I didn't bring my clubs. I was there to work. So I grabbed this rental set of shovels that I need to be on a ladder <laughs> to play because they're like, you know, five degrees too upright for me. And Andres has got his, uh, his golf clubs with him. Barely has touched them in weeks because he's been doing the media thing, to your point, Adam, with, like Smiley, like doing a part-time broadcast, part-time this, part-time that. He goes out. We played the tips. He has seven birdies and an eagle that day. Wow. Seven birdies and an eagle, and he does this part-time. So I'm, you start thinking to yourself, like, the line is so fine, and there's such a difference between, you know, I'm doing this on my own and I'm doing it with my buddies or my coworkers after work and I'm doing it inside the role. Like, I mean, it, it's a big jump, eh, Bob? <laughs> Matt Every is a good friend of Graham Deletz and we were down with him at uh, the PGA Championship and he had done just what you said. He had gone to St. Augustine and he was doing the golf TV kind of cover, ESPN Plus coverage. His comment I, to me when I said, how did you like it? He says, I've never watched so much golf in all my life. <laughs> it's, a, it's a big difference when you're from playing to broadcasting. But I hope it's, Smiley does make it. It's funny. Andres is a good friend of Graham's as well. And uh, was texting him while we were in the booth. Said, Do you know this Canadian? And Graham goes, yeah, say hi to Mark. And now I said, great. The stereotype continues. <laughs> hey, do you know Bob from Canada? Of course, we all know each other, right? Unbelievable. All right, on the other side, we'll get you caught up on some leaderboards. We'll get you caught up on next week's schedule, as well as 20 weeks of TaylorMade. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management, was brought to you by Cadillac. Cadillac. Experience the iconic Cadillac sedans and SUVs in a personalized live video tour with all your questions answered in real time. Book your tour at Cadillac.live. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Adidas Golf and the all-new Tour 360 22. Tour 360 22 sits on the feet you wear last, serving as the foundation for the all-new Tour 360 fit, while the new direct-injected Spike More traction system will help golfers stay locked in. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. We put a bow on today's show. Thank you to Golf Canada for having us at Weston Golf Club. And thank you to Weston Golf Club for hosting us as well today to allow us to do Golf Talk Canada on location. 
for Team Canada Media Day. Very excited to get out there and play one of the best golf courses in the country and uh, and enjoy this wonderful day. Uh, let's get to some leaderboard updates brought to you by Bushnell Golf, bushnellgolf.com for all your rangefinder GPS needs. The leading rangefinder in the world of golf. Congratulations to Yoon Hee Ji. She wins the only LPGA match play event that was at shadow creek what a cool venue shadow creek is uh that was this weekend uh down in the vegas desert stephen alker eight under par on sunday to rip the senior pga championship out of the grasp of stephen ames who uh, finishes solo second at three back bernard longer with a rough sunday uh, ends up six six off the pace but congratulations stephen alker who gets the victory and Sam Burns in a playoff. Sam Burns uh, winning his third PGA Tour event of the season uh, in a playoff over world number one Scotty Scheffler. And it is amazing to me to think, guys, uh, it is just incredible that we've got Scheffler with four wins, Burns with three wins, Cameron Smith with two wins, Hideki Matsuyama with two wins. Like the, it is incredible the, the players that have compiled multiple victories. Am I forgetting anybody, Bob? Or is that all the multiple winners off the top of my head? I think that's all of them. Do you say Max Homa? No, Max, Max Homa. Homa. There we go. I knew there was somebody. Else. So uh, it, it's just incredible how many multiple victory seasons we've seen already. But four and three, very impressive. And uh, we'll be looking forward to see what uh, what those players have in store. And we have to wait much longer for Scotty Scheffler, who will play next week oh my god the first up crew just walked in on us here we're just about to to, to wrap up the show huh? now, now are you guys here to break the course record car, car, yeah, breaking the course record today all That's right it's gonna be the carlo the high two course uh, records at every course really excited to be on uh, location next week five days in a row monday tuesday wednesday thursday friday two hours of golf talk canada radio coming to you 10 to noon on location the rink 16th hole for the rbc canadian open we're there for all five days golf talk canada tv We'll also be on location next week. Bob for TSN and TSN Sports Center. Adam will be there for TSN Edge. Yours truly under the helmet for PGA Tour Radio. It is a major week for us, major week for TSN Radio, and major week for TSN TV. Looking forward to that. And don't forget, the only way you can win over 30000 in product and prizing for 20 weeks of TaylorMade is to follow Golf Talk Canada and TaylorMade Golf Canada on Twitter and Instagram. Follow us each week. Tag a friend. Your chance at over 30000 in prizing throughout the summer. Grand prize, custom set, top to bottom. Get treated like Dustin Johnson for the day. Woods, iron, wedges, putter, you name it. Plus a trip for two to Casa de Campo, one of the best golf resorts in the world. The grand prize alone, over $10,000 just in the grand prize. But the only way you can win is if you follow us and if you participate. We're off to play Weston Golf Club. We'll see you next week for the RBC Canadian Open. And remember, first good decision on the golf course, it always starts in the closet. Thank you for listening. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by Adidas Golf and the all-new Tour 360 22. Tour 360 22 sits on the feet you wear last, serving as the foundation for the all-new Tour 360 fit, while the new direct-injected Spike More traction system will help golfers stay locked in.
Thank you for listening to GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television weekly on the TSN Television Network.